It's the Topecast, episode 561, BB Season. And this week, guys, we talk more Baldur's Gate 3, Starfield, The Lies of P, and all things Pumpkin Spice. Stay tuned. I'm in the kitchen. Making jams and jellies. Uh, oh, it's all over my shirt. Uh, we're back. It's on my chin. It's the Toecast. It's, it's an M-rated show. Let me just get that out of the way. <laughs> I'm Nas. I'm Jason. I'm Rusty. And with the three of us, you're going to get about 30 minutes of bullshit. Bullshit. Some games, some news. Yeah, Rusty, what do you have all over your hair? <laughs> Wait, you don't have any hair. No, I don't have any hair. <laughs> Joke's on you, bitches. Uh, yeah. It's aerodynamic. It's like that swimmer's gel they use, right? Yeah, exactly. That swimmer's gel. What What swimmer's gel? What do you What do you lube it up with over there? I don't know, man. They lube up to like, go faster through the water. I don't... Is, is that like... Being hairless is why it rubs the lotion on its skin. Oh, well, I mean... I'm telling you, uh, chafing exists. And the, uh, look, when you're just as smooth-headed as me, I mean. That's not the only thing, smooth. Hey. Ooh, hey. That's right. My skin is very smooth. (laughs) Fucker. Face. Ah. It's been a minute. Have to fucking like deal with these assholes. Yeah, it has uh, been. <laughs> been running this ship all by ourselves. We're getting grumpy. Yeah, well, that's that's why you're all pissy. I don't know why you're fucking pissing. Get off, get off my ass. Ah, shit. It's been a, it's been pretty fucking busy over here in the in the Northlands. The colors changing. <laughs> yes, not doing that. Upon us. Not doing that even a little bit here. Yeah, dude, it's it's nice, and you know, there's still a lot of green leaves out there, but there's different colors of orange and red popping through, and here in uh, here in a couple, you know, probably within the next week or so, it'll be uh, peak color season. Uh, so we'll be uh, we'll we'll be seeing all kinds of neat colors up here. Let's see if I can get some pictures. There you go. Yeah, I can get some pictures. I can send it to you, and then you can be like, all this color. Yeah, I've been been doing a lot of photos myself. Yeah, the uh, <laughs> Oklahoma doesn't actually have a whole lot of color in the fall. It just turns brown and dies. It's, it goes pretty quick. Like, yeah. <laughs> you got to catch it quick. Um, a friend that I was shooting with last night... Um, was remarking on that. She's like, we need to do, I need to do you to do some like false stuff. And I was like, you mean in like the five days that we have at squid? <laughs> because Great. when it hits, we got to get trucking or we're going to miss it. <laughs> and it's like one day, maybe two. Like the leaves have been falling from my tree, but the green leaves are falling. Right. They don't change color around there. It, Oklahoma doesn't know what fall is. Yeah, I love it up here. When it, uh, fall up here is awesome. You know, in the in the Northlands, fall just means like 
there's there is a you know a particular smell in the air it's perfect nice cool temperatures you know it's the start of hoodie weather which i am a big fan of you know wearing hoodies everywhere and your Uh, pumpkin spice latte I don't fucking deal with pumpkin spice lattes <laughs> or any of that bullshit. You, uh, Rusty's a secret white girl cat loving son of a bitch. <laughs> I am a fucking basic bitch in disguise. No, Rusty's uh, a BB. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's always been a bit of a BB. No, the only time I would ever actually use uh, pumpkin spice would be like uh, while making pumpkin pie. Um, while you're live laugh loving. While my live laugh loving, that's right. No, I'm I'm thinking. I, I was thinking maybe this this fall I would be uh, I'd turn into the uh, the canning bitch, uh, the 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 person that just does a bunch of like uh, preserves and shit, making uh, your jams. One of the things that I want to do is I want to do a pumpkin butter man. It's it's like it's like having a pumpkin pie on a slice of toast. Or a chaffle. Um well, let me know how it goes. It actually yeah, doesn't sound if that you bad. Do I need a jar? Yeah, yeah. See, yeah. see, you guys like it when I turn into a fucking. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yeah. Until you turn I, into I a BB, there. I turned into a BB, and you're like, I want some of that. So I guess your BB is my proxy. So there aren't many things I like being pumpkin spiced. I'm not that basic of a bitch, but. Uh, <laughs> Pumpkin butter. Um, uh, pumpkin bread and pumpkin pie are definitely fall staples and have been my entire fucking life. Right. So if I can have a butter that will turn any piece of toast into pumpkin bread, I'm for it. Yeah. Uh, I, I've got a recipe for it. I have not tried it before, but if you perfect um, it, let me know. Yeah, I'm I'm going to give it a go. Uh so there's there's certain things that I do in in the fall up here that, you know, that's is tradition. I mean, outside of the, you know, the large dinners and shit, right? But I do my apple pie. Uh and this is uh this is apple pie this year. I've got something extra special. I've got 190 proof Everclear. That, that's flammable. That is <laughs> very flammable. <laughs> it's very flammable. Is ninety five percent alcohol. You could run a. You could run a run an engine on that. Yes, you could pour it directly into your gas tank and run your fucking car off of it if you wanted to. Um. It, yeah. So. Uh. Yeah. I've got that one ninety proof Everclear, and I'm going to make uh, this year's batch of uh, of apple pie. Uh, moonshine um so there's there's that then of course my family's hot sauce we do uh we do a big uh, batch of that um then we're doing pizza rolls which uh jason knows about pizza rolls i love fucking pizza rolls i still Uh haven't thing is i know exactly how to make them but i am too fucking lazy (laughs) i'll admit it that's that's the thing. Like I, I know exactly how to make them too, but holy fuck, is it a lot of work? Um, but they're so delicious. Mm, they're so good. Um, I might fucking start marketing them to uh, damn things. 
Yeah, buddy. Uh, that's that's a uh, one of the other things that I do up here. Uh, I'm gonna add the apple butter or not apple butter. I can do apple butter and pumpkin butter at the same time. Fuck yeah! Starting to add extra shit to my work. Uh, do both of those. <laughs> uh, and then I have uh poultry broth or chicken and turkey broth. I do that every uh you know every fall as well. Just enough to you know to fill the you know the freezer, and then I've got broth for you know for uh, uh, chicken soups and you know all kinds of shit over the winter time. It's gonna be awesome. Yeah, you like your broths. I, I don't understand it, but I made like fucking fifteen gallons of uh, of chicken bone broth or poultry bo- uh, bone broth over the course of the last year, uh, and. I'm about to make another five, you know, five plus in a big ass fucking pot. Like I've got some, you know, I, I cook it for like almost 48 hours. It's fucking crazy. When you slow cook a lot, it's pretty good to have a good bone broth laying around. Oh yeah. And, and if you do it right, like you get the, you know, the, the right spices and ingredients and put that in there. Um, you know, you don't have to do anything to it. You can just like scoop that shit out, uh, uh, you know, and fucking put it into a, you know, into a, a mug, throw it in the microwave, fucking like melt that shit down. And you've got some, some great broth to fucking just like sit there and sip in the wintertime. It's, uh, so good. You don't have to add any salt or anything to it. It's all perfectly spiced. That's, that that's that's just the magic of it right there i'm but this is this is my time and then afterwards i go and hibernate like any normal bear does and i just live off of that you know shit for the entire winter because nobody wants to do anything in the winter up here yeah that's the part i wouldn't like if i lived that that far up north what the, the winter time the not doing anything during winter it's so for for me it's not that bad like the winter time up here like in the last year was you know actually relatively mild didn't get a whole lot of snow but there you know what it, what we did get was kind of like oh you get all the snow all at once um now for me i'm i'm still trying to acclimate to it because i grew up in this shit but i mean i spent the last 20 years or so in the south not seeing it so i don't i don't know what to do with it (laughs) like yeah it's it's slow raining outside it's bad uh and then i just come inside and i play video games because uh the uh the cool air is a is a natural heat sink for my massive machine down here so like perfect awesome that's how i that's how i heat this room down here um (laughs) but uh most people, you know, that are outdoors inclined will go out and, you know, and find, you know, find the beauty in the winter, you know, and go out there and freeze their asses off doing stuff. And, like, uh, you know, for me, I don't have all the fun shit. Like, I don't have a snowmobile. Uh, you know, I don't have, like, anything that, you know, uh, not anything that I can really, you know, use to have fun in the snow. So, 
I don't even have a fucking snow plow to fucking clear out my car, you know, the driveway. So it's it's kind of a pain in the ass for me. Still a city slicker when it comes to that shit. Yeah, but, I'm not the best at driving on snow, and I know it. And I don't really, I mean, I have a front-wheel drive car, but the way it's weighted, like, it still doesn't do great. Yeah, well, I mean, mine's two-wheel drive, and I'm, I'm uh, I, I survived last year. I'll probably survive this year, hopefully. I've got full coverage on it, so if I wrap it around a tree, then I can get myself an all-wheel drive, and that might help a little bit, but whatever. Um, <laughs> uh, the See, goal is where, not to wrap it around a tree. I'm the guy, like, when, whenever the streets get shitty down here, everybody at work is like, can you come pick me up? Oh, yeah, well, yeah. There's also, you know, there, there's also some uh, some benefits to, uh, 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 you know, the uh, the job title that I have. Um, if it's really really bad, I'll be like, you know what, guys, I could probably do my you know, job way better if I just stay right here. <laughs> Let me log in remote. I'll be fine. Until a machine goes down. Well, I mean, if that's the case, then I'm. I I I don't have to deal with the morning traffic like the so. All right, so uh, uh, rush hour here is a little bit different than rush hour in say you know you know Tulsa. Um, rush hour here is about an hour and a half of all of the idiots driving on the road at once just that's that is literally everybody must go fast everything is there the the roads up here are two lane for the most part and everybody is like whipping out and passing people in spots where they're not supposed to pass and being fucking idiots and playing chicken on the fucking road just because you know, they need to shave off that 10 to 15 seconds of their drive. Um, and uh, when that happens, when you know, during, you know, the snowy months, I mean, you start to see wild shit. Like, people go whipping out to pass and, like, fucking spin out and end off in the fucking ditch and, like, flip over and all that shit. But you can't stop because if you stop, the people behind you will, you know, ram you. Uh, yeah, if I can avoid all that. I will. <laughs> if I just miss that hour and a half of the craziness, I can spend my time getting there. And that's right. Well, it's a whole lot safer. And all I have to do is just make sure I have power because I work from home. Yeah. See, yeah. yeah. If I, if I've got power, I can, you know, I can do 90 ish percent of what needs to be done from here. But, uh, I mean, it's better to be in the office, of course, but yeah, yeah. If, if, if it's like if I'm gonna fucking risk my, if I'm gonna risk my life trying to get there, there's no fucking point, right? Pretty much. Yeah, it's not that bad up here. I make it sound like it's the Great White fucking Yukon or some bullshit or Siberia, but it's really not. No, but it certainly has the potential to. I mean, on the right, on the right years. If Mother Nature really wants to be a bitch, she can. She can definitely be a bitch up here. But 
there there have been years where we've watched Michigan get repeatedly slapped by Lake Effect snow and nor'easters. Well, the the same thing could be said about freaking Oklahoma in the you know in the tornado season, fucking like 120 ash fucking tornadoes in a month or what you know, whatnot. You know. I survived all that shit, so I'll be fine. One thing I haven't had to deal with, I haven't had to deal with the damn bear. Knock on wood, I suppose. But I haven't really had to deal with the bear outside of the one time he came over and you know and knocked over the uh uh the the trash can. Nice. Um, so I haven't had to like do any of that shit, but you know. Uh, I still kind of want to get one of those uh, uh, signal like cannons. Signal cannons, yeah. I still want to really want to get one just to have one around. You know, <clears throat> it would be uh, <coughs> it'd be really fun to you know to shoot that fucker off and just like put it away and be like, well, I don't know what the fuck happened, man. It was really fucking loud around here. I don't know where that came that that sound came from at all. Maybe the neighbors, man. Fucking neighbors. It's always the goddamn neighbors' fault. Well, at least your life's been somewhat interesting. <laughs> really? I don't think it's been very fucking interesting. I mean, I spent... This this last week has been fucking cooking all week long, basically. You know, just the last, you know, last three days. So just, to, you know, so I uh, helped cook. Um, Roast beef with all the trimmings for on Friday. Uh, Saturday, I helped my mom make eight racks of ribs over the fire um, for her birthday. So happy birthday, mom! Um, today I'm doing a uh, neck roast, uh, venison neck roast, uh, in the slow cooker. So I'm slaving over that right now, apparently. And then tomorrow I'm doing Swedish meatballs with uh, mashed potatoes and gravy. Uh, so <laughs> it's it's just mm-hmm. been it's it's just been you know cooking over cooking over cooking. So yeah, uh, you know when you're good at it, you get recruited for it all the time. That's what I've learned. I'm I'm I'm, I'm gonna I'm. I'm going to have to keep my goddamn mouth shut one of these days. Just feign ignorance, sir. But now yeah. it's too late because everybody, everybody in your, around your fucking circle knows. Well, now if they're listening, they know, definitely know that I can, you know, can do at least those things. Um, yeah. So I'll say, well, you've been out gallivanting. I had like three photo projects, like pile drive me all inside of a few days. Damn. So I've been been wor- burning the midnight oil the last several days, not sleeping a lot, trying to get as much done before the work week starts again. Um, but I've had fun doing it. I uh, It's like Thursday I took some pictures of a buddy of mine. Friday I took, a, I took a couple of quick snaps of John and Dave, or Jason and Dave. And then last night, like day three of all of this, I ended up taking about a thousand photos out in the woods and I was, this one's more interesting because it's actually game related. 
um, the person I'm collaborating with also plays a lot of games. And she was like, all right, so what's the idea? And I was like, let's go for kind of Hellblade. She's like, I think I can do that. So she, uh, she did a lot of like Celtic style makeup type stuff for it. And then got a lot of interesting outfits for it. And then, uh, yeah, I've got a whole bunch of fucking spooky shots that me and her did out in the woods in the middle of the, there is nothing quite like being like, it's a, there's a state park here, uh, by Lake Ulaga and I can't remember what it's called, something Creek. But anyways, there was literally nobody up there and there's a spot that's blocked off as a stop sign. That's a overgrown trail out into the woods basically, but it's an overgrown road. It hadn't been open in 10 years. And we just walked back there like me, her, and my buddy James and got day shots. The day shots are good. And then we got to the night shots and the night shots are fucking phenomenal. But uh, the ticks were out in full force. Apologize in advance to, I uh, won't say how bad it was, but let's just say my buddy James picking ticks out of places he didn't want to pick them out of. Well, uh, <laughs> nothing happened to me or her at all. She texted me this morning. She's like, uh, did you te- check your nether regions for ticks? I was like, not really. She's like, you should. And I did. And I was like, nope, I'm all good here. She's like, well, let's just say James got it pretty bad. Um, the seed ticks. But yeah, oh. like, uh, yeah, just burrowing into the folds, you know? Oh, God. <laughs> um, uh, there's nothing worse than having a picket t- tick from your tank. Yeah, well, let's say it got even worse than that. I'll, I'll tell you off, offline. Oh, oh, I don't want to hear about worse than that. Woo. Um, so, yeah, and wasn't even hardly in the woods. Like, he's just a tick magnet, I guess. But, yeah, we took some pretty crazy shots that were, I say crazy, meaning like, I thrive on weird shit. And uh, let's just say that. She had the stuff to do that, and then I had the ideas to deliver. And then one of the best things I've ever done, this won't matter to anybody but a photographer nerd, but um, I switched from halogen lights. Like, I have a halogen light still, but I switched from halogen lights to LED lights that can mimic the same color temperatures, and it is damn close. Um, And photography is not the same as it was 25 years ago when people were still doing a lot of film. So you can alter your white balance enough to offset anything that's a little bit weird with LEDs. And uh, I can get a perfect 4,700 color temperature with my LED or pretty close to perfect and, and fix it in post. And the, But beyond that, I can hit any color on the spectrum because those LEDs change color. So uh, we did some crazy stuff with some green and some blue and pink lights and red lights and which looked positively demonic out in the middle of the woods away from anything. Like we, we still, we were out there from five o'clock till about nine thirty last night. We didn't see, but like one damn car. Um, by the time we were shooting in the middle of the night, like I said, it wasn't really the middle of the night, but the sun was down. Like you couldn't hear anything. Like the only thing we heard is we did hear a rustle. And I was like, stop. We need to see what's going on. Right. Like, I don't want to be jumped by a band of coyotes or a bear or something. So we turned my lights around and then, James had this like uber powerful flashlight in his pistol and we turn around there's a fucking armadillo just tromping around looking at our lights and shit. And I was like, well, I mean, worse has got is leprosy, so don't touch it. (laughs) 
but yeah, you know, leprosy, leprosy can be uh, can uh, can be fixed these days. Go go ahead and hug your armadillos. Yeah, gonna lose an arm. And then this morning, like I edited photos into last night to like one thirty, and then into this morning, I had a photo shoot from a small band here that needed stuff for their EP they're releasing in a couple weeks. And I was out like, <laughs> go to bed at one thirty, wake up around six ish, and lay around in bed till about eight, and then by ten a.m. I was shooting again, and now I've got like another hundred photos I got to edit. So. I've just been busy. And this whole day while we've been kind of waiting for Rusty to get back, I've been editing, editing, editing. I still got about two or three hours of edits left. But I think tonight I'm done. I'm going to I mean, focus on some Liza P here pretty soon. You're editing photos all day. It, you know, it only took me an hour to put together the title card for last week's episode. And that's not bad. I've got, as of today, I have about 300 edits I did from I've last night to today. It's faster to edit a people, photo people, than, than it is to make something from scratch. Well, also, people are hard. Inanimate objects, I've gotten pretty damn fast at manipulating those. But, yeah, all I've done is really this week's just play more Baldur's Gate. I mean, yeah, and we we didn't really have game night the other night. The other night I made, I don't even remember what the fuck I made. Burrito. We have breakfast burrito. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I made some monster breakfast burritos. And uh, they were so good. Yeah, and then uh, Jason was playing Baldur's Gate. Where we were talking on the tablet, and I'm like, I was like, "Whoa, he's in a he's got a chunk of Act Three out of the way." I do. Um... I'm, uh, I'm at the point where I can choose to go ahead and finish everybody's companion quests or just fucking finish the main quest. Do everything. Yeah, do just keep doing literally it. Literally everything. It is worth doing all of the campaign quests. I know, but then the other half of me is like ready to do the spoiler cast for it and just like fucking do it. There is no reason to skip this. That's some of the best content in the game is finishing out those stories. Do it. Right. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, you should you're going to be cutting out a lot of like closure if you don't do those. So I'm just saying, do them. All right. All right. But yeah, so I've just played a whole lot of that. Um, I am. Let's see. I had to open it up to remind myself. So I have four companion quests left. The main quest. And I am nearly a hundred an hour, 101 hours into this game. 
101. Yeah. Those are rookie numbers. <laughs> I mean, I finished at 103, and I think I finished most of the same stuff. Well, so I've not, like, really explored Baldur's Gate for, like, all the different little side quests you can pick up. Talk to everybody. Um, at least not yet, anyway. It, um, I mean, before I even... As I entered Baldur's Gate, I was at 96 hours. Okay. So. I don't think you spent nearly enough time at Baldur's Gate. So. <laughs> Baldur's Gate is probably the largest chunk of time in that game. It's got a lot of shit. You mean Act 3? Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, agree. Act 3. And, you know, Act 3 and Baldur's Gate 3 is it's just like... It's Act 1 and 2 rolled into 1. Yeah, it's got so much shit in it. Uh, it's it's worth exploring every little nook and cranny because everything that you've done in Act 1 and Act 2 has... It, it, it affects what's available and who is available in Act 3. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's... It's worth uh, it's worth putting in there because there was one you know the one quest that uh, you know Justin had actually said hey you should probably do this and I'm like no I, I didn't I, I didn't do this yet but it turned out to be the best battle in the game uh, <laughs> the most challenging best battle had to think outside the box to survive it kind of you know you know situation. And that's what I'm there for, you know. I want those uh, those challenging things, especially at the point where, you know, I went in there at fucking 12th level and your guys are really badasses and you can basically fucking kill gods by looking at them sideways. And th this this fight was challenging after that. Like, yeah, this, you know, I would have completely missed it if I hadn't fucking, like, talked to one goddamned NPC. So, start talking the shit. Like, Start talking to fucking sentient shit if you need to. Fucking do it. <laughs> yeah, I'm going after the hammer next. Oh well, you you can do that. That's that's one of them. You gotta uh, you gotta do that. Yeah, for sure. I heard that's a pretty challenging fight. I love that fight. I I did. I really wish I could spoil it, but yeah. Uh, yeah, that one is one of my favorites. Anything that has unique music is worth uh, uh, is worth experiencing. So, that's an interesting way of putting it. Yeah. So it's uh, it's a uh, it's like that game. Like every time I I have afterglow effects of uh, of Baldur's Gate three. Like I'm playing other games right now. I'm I'm going trying my best with whatever free time I've got available to get into Starfield. Uh and I on my you know on my fucking like you know feeds on my phone I am seeing fucking like the, the little shorts of you know conversations that most people don't ever actually have with Baldur's Gate characters and I'm just you know being just that little bit removed from the game and seeing these things, you just realize how good the uh, uh, the the voice acting in Baldur's Gate Three is. It's like, very good. It's it's 
stupid good. Like that, <clears throat> you know, some of those the you know the uh, the dialogues in there, you could tell that the you know the voice actors got behind the character. You could just like you could hear it. Like that's uh, that's everything to me. That you know that game has some very memorable moments and it's after you complete it it's like the best D&D campaign that you've been a part of and I, I feel like that's like that was what the goal was and I think they nailed it I don't I disagree sing its praises man. I, I really could uh, well I mean <clears throat> unless something else comes and blows us out of the water this it, this is the game of the year so far. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I don't know if anything's going to beat it for a while. Like, like, Starfield's good, but I don't think it holds a candle to this. No, it's kind of no. apples and oranges, but it's definitely not in. The, it's not in the. It's not in the same bracket. I've I've put more time into Starfield, but that's also because I started replaying it because I like I was Jones and first sandbox, so that's uh, that's what I did. Played a sandbox game forever, and then at a certain point this week, I decided I got so much coming out in the next two weeks that I need to uh, chill and just come back to it. So I put it down and. Uh, dug way into uh, Liza P. Um, I'm in chapter 7 of 11 chapters, so making good progress. It's not as hard. We talk about... I don't, did I... I talked about beating Armor Core last week, didn't I, Jason? Yep. Okay. And kind of your start in Liza P. Yeah. Armor Core is the hardest game I've played since Super Contra. Um Hands down, Armored Core 6 is like one of the hardest games I've ever played. Um, I'm proud to have beat it, but it leaves me with anxiety um, because it's just so knuckle grip. It's like white knuckling the entire time I'm playing it, right? Like it's just you got a little bit of a mistake window, right? And then there's a whole lot of retries and a lot of levels to kind of figure out the build that worked for everything. Um, and by comparison, Liza P is damn is is it's relaxing in comparison. It's a hard game. Um, I would put it up there with as being as hard as something like a Bloodborne, right, or any of the Souls games. Um, in some parts, probably harder, but also kind of not. Um, you get used to the very very first actual boss in the game teaches you how to perfect parry. Um, and when you perfect parry a certain amount of times, it staggers something. And when you stagger it, you can get in a real big hit, um, like a special combo from your weapon. And it also breaks their weapon. So if you do so many perfect parries, um, the boss's weapon will break. And then it'll have a backup weapon, and then it'll break. And then you can just trounce it. It takes, honestly, the... The main bosses are easier than the mini bosses. It, I don't know how that makes any sense, but it's true. Because the thing about the main bosses is if you fuck up, 
like A, you get a summon, right? So kind of like Elden Ring has a summon, you get these little things called star fragments. You can use it to summon your buddy, right? A ghost buddy to help you out with the fight, um, which is kind of overpowered, but it's there and I use the hell out of it, um, which gives the boss more than one thing to focus on and gives you enough time to take pressure off yourself. But the mini bosses, you don't get any summons. And I feel like they have almost as much health as the main bosses. And there's always two or three of them per level, if not more, um, per section. And they're very difficult, <laughs> like extremely, because with a boss, there's usually a path that you've unlocked that leads you straight to the boss and then you're there. And if you need to retry, you just run your happy ass back. There's usually just like a handful of enemies between the save point and the boss. It's pretty easy to get back there without encountering anything. Um, or being able to run past everything. I haven't run into a time that it didn't. And then you just try again. And I've gotten most bosses on the first try uh, the, after getting used to the parry system. And I'm not saying that to be an edgelord, but like I, I've heard a lot of people complaining about the actual game, about how hard it is. And the first boss, I took me about 15 tries and it's because I was learning how to parry. And then after I learned how to parry, nothing's like you don't rely solely on parry because if you block you take health damage and then you have to hit back without getting hit to get your health back um so there's still a little bit of dodge involved but it's not as hard as i thought it would like there's a i was initially watching guides to the bosses kind of like what i would do with dark souls or elden ring or whatever and at a certain point i was like i'm wasting a lot of time doing this i'm just gonna blitz on through this and just see how far I get before I run into a wall. I haven't really run into a wall since. Um, in fact, we were, I thought I was at a wall the other night when we were all gaming and I pull up my Steam Deck and start playing it through Xbox Cloud. And even at a locked 40 FPS on my Xbox Cloud through my Steam Deck, like I got into a good rhythm with the weapons that I had to uh, just like erase faces and uh, grounded out like six levels while I was talking and I figured out like if I'm really aggressive and I don't pay too much attention to the game, I actually do better because I'm not like pulling my punches to be a little bit extra defensive. And when I go all out, I do a lot better. So it just kind of held onto that strategy. Like something else it does that the souls series doesn't do is when you're on your last health potion, right? We just call it that because it's the easiest way to frame it. You, Anytime you make an attack, it fills that up just a little bit. So if you use your last health potion, make a few attacks, say 10, right, or 15 maybe, and uh, your health potion's filled back up and you've got another use. So you just play a little bit defensively and you get some good hits in. Um, pretty soon you'll have another health potion to use, which you should just use immediately unless you're almost topped off uh, because you're going to get another heal um, a little bit after that. So it's made it a little bit less stressful while I'm looking for. Um, unlocking their version of a bonfire. But yeah, there was a fight that I had um, at the end of a level that it was on yesterday. It was just kind of playing it, waiting on things to start. And I one-shot it again, right? Like, I just continued to one-shot these bosses, and I was just like, I'm feeling pretty confident in my abilities in this game. Um, but it's really well-designed. Um, it's more linear than the... Miyazaki games. Miyazaki games have a lot of nooks and crannies that you can explore that turn into whole other worlds and levels, basically. 
this isn't as broad a scope as that of like an Elden Ring or a Dark Souls or something like that. All the levels have interconnected shortcuts, but the side passages are just that. They're just little side passages, and then pretty soon you're back on the main section. Like It does a good job of signposting where you need to go to next. Um, and you really can just kind of methodically just kind of cleave your way through stuff. Like, I always... I level up my weapons as high as I can for the ones that work with my build. And I'm doing a non-strength building. I'm doing a technique build, which would be, um, if this was Souls games, it would be a, a dex build, basically. So, I've got high crit, um, and I'm pretty mobile. And uh, I'm using a weapon that's feels like a strength weapon. Like, it does this really cool thing with handles and blades. So, if it's not a boss weapon... You can combine any blade with any handle, and the handle scales off one of three things. You've got motivity, which is strength, technique, which is dexterity, advance, for, which is for all intents and purposes, magic. Um, I, have, I feel like that would be the hardest build to do because you don't get any weapons really early on that deal with advance, but you could scale your advance and then all the projectile weapons and weird magic-type weapons would scale with that. But you can take that handle and that scales with your primary stat and then combine it with a weapon that doesn't feel like it. So I've got like this little dagger handle with a great sword on it, which looks hilarious, um, but does great damage. And then I got a pole arm that scales with dex, basically, um, with a halberd blade on it, which is what I primarily use because the charge attack on it shoots me like 15 feet up to get in a really hard hit. So I've been playing the hell out of that game. Um, I've gotten really used to it, and it's it's just well designed. Like even the quests have some signposting. When you go to fast travel between points, it'll show a little face of somebody you need to check in with. Um, there's no quest log, but like it does kind of want you to pay attention to what's going on. And they'll say, you know, like I was in this area, and this lady said she wanted, to, you know, she's pretty much done with the world, and she's like, I really could just use a bottle of wine, so. I was in this area called the Arcade. I went down to the wine cellar. I found a bottle of wine down there. And then my when I went to the fast travel the next time, um, it told me that, you know, there was a little picture of that lady in that area. And I knew exactly what it was because I had talked to this lady before. And I brought her a bottle of wine, got some really rare materials for upgrades, and away I went. But the game runs really smoothly. It looks really good. There's no ray tracing. The lighting's a little bit weird, and that's just probably my photographer's eye um, looking at how lighting affects the environment. But it's it works. Um, they add a lot of weather effects to add to the uh, dramatic flair of the game. It's a uh, you are Pinocchio. I'm slowly turning into a real boy as I go because I lie a lot. Um, and then I've got a picture of Pinocchio in my in one of the in the main area, basically the nexus for this game. It's got a really long nose on a portrait of Pinocchio because I've been lying like crazy. But the the more you lie, the more you turn into a real person. Which is kind of interesting. But uh thought I'd I thought I wouldn't like it because I thought it was stupid when I first got into it, right? Pinocchio mm -hmm. just looks like a little little wooden boy. And then but it's dark as fuck. And uh I like the art style of the enemies. I like the art style of the uh, the weird undead creatures. I like the art style of the crazy puppets. Um, the puppets are basically just weird steampunk automaton things. 
Um, it's got a really gritty atmosphere um, and really good art direction. Uh, it's really weird that it just came out of this kind of one-off Korean studio. Um, but it's a good game. Um, I I would recommend. Like it's it could make it into my top five depending on how it ends. And apparently it's got a new game plus. I'm not going to have enough time to really dig into that unless good games slow down. But uh, I'll probably have it beat here by next week. So high praise so far. It's a it's an easy four and a quarter, four and a half, depending on how it ends. Um, high recommend if you like anything. Like it would be like the next best thing from Dark Souls right now uh, would be Neo. It's as ever bit as good as Neo and a little bit less complicated, and I kind of appreciate that. So it looks great. I'm I'm watching some uh, some video of it right now, and it's it's it looks great. It's it's fun to see um, Souls likes that have more color associated with them because they've all really been kind of like washed out in some way. Yeah, yeah. Souls uh, likes are typically kind of drab. Yeah, these this one has a lot of you know interesting color and light. Uh, you know, um, I'd be you know I was actually kind of surprised that when you said it didn't have ray tracing because it really could like. That's where I noticed the like lighting would, issues. Yeah, it seems like it could slot in there and it would make this game like pop. You know. Yeah, there's my my advice for anybody playing it is don't sleep on the heavy attacks. The have weave the heavy attacks into your medium attacks. Be really aggressive when you don't think you should be really aggressive. Um, it does pay off. You just got to get used to it. You got to know you're going to take some hits. Uh, because the the health system is so forgiving. Like there's this weird like weird monster with this like slice all the way up the middle of it that was filled full of teeth and tentacles and arms with spikes on it that could reach like halfway across the screen. And I would play it like, Oh, it's a scary monster. I can't, you know, I've got to kind of dance around it and find my angle of attack. Then finally I flipped that strategy on its head and I just went balls to the wall on this thing every time I see it. And I just wiped the floor with it every time because it just doesn't know how to deal with a sustained attack. If it gets you on your back foot, like, it can get the advantage and you have to do, like, four or five perfect parries in a row to not get your ass landed on your back. But if you just see it and then you're just like, fuck you, I'm going to go all Wolverine on you, then you can take it out every single time. Like, I've got it, that particular monster on farm, and then I realize that strategy works a lot with some of the bigger enemies. Just just go fucking ham. And you, you've got this thing, too, which is different. So, like, everything uses a stamina system, but your L trigger, so your L, L, your left trigger um, on the controller um, uses a weapon that's unique to however you load it. So, I'll give you a better example. You start off with a metal arm that can just punch. Um, you can use that to interrupt attacks, and it's okay. Um, it hits like a truck, but it's, it's just okay. But it doesn't use stamina. It basically uses ammo, right? And then later on, I got this weapon that was like a zip line. And it sounds weird me calling that a weapon, but could basically do a scorpion get over here with that weapon on smaller mm -hmm. enemies and drag them over to me, which it'll stun them for a second so that I can kind of like combo lock them out of doing anything. Or on the larger enemies, after you upgrade it, you can zip lock onto something and zip line over to them. And it does initial damage, which is decent, but the 
thing is, is you're closing distance really fast. So, like, there's these monsters that pull goo out of their chest and toss it at you. And it does a decent amount of damage and staggers. And they always put them in, like, places where they're going to knock you off into a gap. And I pretty soon just realized that, like, I needed to either block the first blob or, like, line of sight, block it with a pillar or something for the first hit. And then just zip over to them and just, like, go fucking ham on them. And, like, there's unique attacks with you ziplining to them, too. So, for me, it was, like, I zipline and do this crazy upward stat slash to come right back down. It was, like, three chops and that thing was dead. And so, I used that additional maneuverability to close gaps really fast um, as a traversal weapon. But then I got another one that's basically like an artillery shell, which I can launch. It sticks in the enemy and then it blows up for really big damage. Like, it'll take out smaller enemies with one hit. Um, and then it staggers and does damage to everything around it because I've continued to upgrade it. Um, and it's even good in a boss fight. Like, well, I'm trying to close distance to the boss fight. Like, sit there and shoot a couple shots and then just continue to truck on in. Um, yeah, it's it's different enough to not be a Souls game, but it plays a lot like a Souls game that wants you to worry less about your iframes and focus more on parrying and blocking. And if you can't parry very well, like, it's good to practice, but Get used to just timing your blocks close to when you think the hit's going to hit. And then if you know you missed the window to parry, just continue to hold your block because you'll still mitigate damage. Mm-hmm. Um, and then eventually you get pretty good at just parrying almost everything, which is where I'm at right now. I parry almost everything. I just don't worry about it. But it's come with a whole lot of practice and a whole lot of just that, right? I missed my parry window. Well, I'm going to continue to hold the block so I at least don't take as much damage and don't get staggered. Um. But yeah, if you can perfect block, you break weapons and then you stagger them so you can do big attacks, um, which is really fun. But yeah, Liza P, um, pretty high recommend, especially on Game Pass, but I would actually buy this game. Um, I'm having a lot of fun with it, and I'm actually kind of sad that I'm almost done with it. And there's about mm-hmm. several days before something great comes out, and I, I'll, I'm going to finish this too early and I'm not going to have something to play. Well, there's always new, 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 new game plus on Starfield, right? Yeah, I've. I mean, I can, I'm. That's kind of the backup plan. If I don't got something going, then I'll play Starfield. But if I do have something going, I'm. I'm going to try to stick with whatever's out there because I've definitely formed my opinions, and I'm definitely at a point where I kind of want to see new content before I play too much more. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I've put 200 hours in that game, like. I'm at a good place of peace with just putting it down for a minute. Yeah. Well, I'd love to have two hours, uh, 200 hours into this game. I just can't get time to play it. It's just pissing me off. I get like an hour, like <laughs> try, trying to play Starfield for an hour is like, you go do one mission and it's time for bed. <laughs> Getting old sucks. Um, I mean, at least you have the ability to sleep. I just, I can't ever sleep, so I play oh. lots of games. That's that. That's a. Uh, <laughs> At least for the uh, time I'm being, sure I'm editing lots of photos. <laughs> it's you have so much shit going through your mind that you didn't, you can't sleep. I can turn my mind off. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, I'm thinking so. about builds and in in Liza P or photo ideas or. Mm-hmm. making my dog dog food the next day or all the things I got to do for travel plans or whatever. Mm-hmm. 
yeah. So you're 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 a very busy person. Uh, I I uh, I like my free time, and uh, I haven't really had a whole lot of it. So hopefully, I'll have a little bit more. And I, I'm complaining now, but I'm gonna have all the fucking free time in winter in the winter time. So that well, depends. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm I am. I don't. I don't want to jinx it. I'll tell you in, uh, in the uh, uh, during break time. But yeah, uh, there there might be some uh, some big developments coming. Well, I mean, for me, like literally in a week, I'll have to skip podcasts because I'll be busy the tenth, eleventh, twelfth, thirteenth, fourteenth, and fifteenth of October in a row. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean. Well, at least gets you one more week before you know Jason and I are like free weekend, yay! Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> damn. Well, I mean, by then we could come back from that and just do a BG three spoiler cast. There you go. You, you guys could finally be finished by then. Well, Rusty is finished. I should be finished by then. Mm-hmm. Probably it, if I don't just. Give up and finish the main quest. Don't give up to finish the main quest. I'm telling you, it's worth doing everything. I'm just, it's it's so worth it. Justin, back me up. It's tell tell him it's worth it. It's worth it. <laughs> just don't let don't let my trolling push you away from just finishing it. Yeah, it's it's just. It's it's worth putting the time and you know you know time into that game. Think of it think of it this way. You've already put a hundred hours into the game, you might as well squeeze out every little bit of it. You know? Because it's gonna take you another hundred hours to get to this point probably. <laughs> That's so, true. So just you know, just you know, enjoy the hell out of that game because it is an absolute joy. So, with that, do we want to take a break? I think we should. Alrighty, we'll be back. And we're back. Took a little bit of an extended break there. Yeah, Check our know. our news sources and talk about life events because you know yep. we're not just friends on the show. No. Um. I actually, just want to continue a conversation we just started. Um, MetaQuest Three is coming out soon. Oh God! And it's got double the GPU processing power of the Quest Two. Oh my god, why? Which matters to you if you game solely on their infrastructure. Which doesn't matter to you if you use it as a headset to plug in your computer. No. And it also looks like to me that it has a worse interface. So the AirLink that comes to the Quest 2 still, right? Like they said, it's improved or whatever. Mm. Um, never could get sol- a solid enough frame rate with the AirLink to make it worth my while. Even designating a port and designating 
highest priority for my network to give that to the quest never gave me a solid enough connection for me to play anything um, up-resed because I did a lot of super sampling to make stuff really clear um, through the USB 3 cable, which for whatever reason has always worked more consistently with the uh, Quest 2. Mm -hmm. And since my computer is doing all of the heavy lifting, that upgraded Snapdragon processor or whatever the fuck they're using in it doesn't mean a damn thing to me. Um, because right. I've never really played it for Quest games. I've always just plugged in the USB 3, and I've got an extra long cable, and I play games on Steam, and I haven't actually touched VR in forever. I haven't I've, either. Because I've had other games that I wanted to play. Oh, mine dead. <laughs> All right, yours is dead. Yeah. Mine still works, Mine's just to my knowledge. But I haven't dicked Mine's with it in a year. Mine was a fucking Gen 1 Oculus, so it's, it's dead. Like yeah. really expensive paperwork. The, the really noteworthy um, uh, upgrades on the Quest Three, though, are the lenses, right? Yeah, the motion tracking the, on it. They've got the new pancake lenses in them, um, which gives you better viewing angles, a little bit higher, wider field of view, etc. Um, and the external tracking both of the controllers and of your room um look like the biggest upgrades um like the whole rooms full room scanning and uh it did that uh, before and the safe play area scanning look much improved oh, they, they might be improved but i never really had much issue with the didn't have a ton of issue with the tracking like there's a little bit of issue if you got too far behind your head um, but like Rusty was able to play Beat Saber on it pretty easily. That mm -hmm. only being marginally different than him having the full room and behind the backtracking with his Oculus. Yeah, it's like to I me it wasn't way too much on that. Say what? I spent way too much on that compared to what you spent on the you know on the quest. Yeah, I, I got it used off that. eBay for two hundred bucks. Um. Yeah. And that was extra a, cameras cost me 200 bucks. Right. Right. So like for the amount of use I got out of it, like I got my money's worth. I need to go back and play more Alex, but I've had back to back game forever and I just haven't had a draw to jump into the world of VR for a while. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's, it's like one of those things that's really nice when it's done right, but it's just really unfortunate that it's, um, there's not a lot to, or not a lot of uh, developers doing with anything with it. Well, and, or uh, making very long games. Yeah, or I mean, the the way that the, these games actually come out, they're just they don't tend to be things that you can play for more than like a half an hour at a time. You know, just physically sometimes, but um, like I had most of my fun with uh, with Beat Saber and. You know, there was a couple standout titles that, you know, that did catch my, you know, uh, catch my attention, but nothing that was like mind blowing. I mean, Alex is pretty good and that's, that's saying something for VR games, but there really isn't anything that's out there that's even close to that kind of oh, no. uh, production value. <laughs> Not even a little bit. 
Right. So, and all of it is just like fucking mom and pop, you know, or like the, uh, these, um, uh, these, um, these fucking, I've got a word, but it's not coming out. Um, um, gimmicky fucking bullshit. You know, the, uh, the motion tracking fucking, you know, uh, you know, gimmick bullshit that you you know that you see out there that's got like terrible fucking graphics to it, but you know it has like a concept, and that's that's the whole concept of it. That's the whole fucking game. Like I played a game, you know, I mean that was more like a tech demo of just me being sitting in a fucking toilet at one point. It was free, but, and it was made by Steam, but still, it was all it's yeah. all like a concept that really just hasn't really exited concept stage with, you know, with a few exceptions. Yeah. For me, it, it, you know, trying to pick one up on the cheap's really just more about Beat Saber, Ragnarok and, you know, flying spaceships in VR. Oh, well, <laughs> well, uh, all inwardly like, uh, morning elite are, are, are time with elite? Yeah, that yeah. was, I'd gotten all, everything set up so I could play Elite, and then it just fucking died with that last update. And not something they've re- we've really seen any evidence of them really fixing, which is sad. Um, that said, um, we do have some, uh, uh, some other n- newses, um, newses, 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 um, <laughs> the, uh, the team behind, uh, it came out this week that the team behind the new Fable game, uh, I think it's Playground Games. Yeah. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. Uh, just hired Brian Clark, who was one of the one of the producers for Larian. Um, during the production of Baldur's Gate Three, he left not too long ago to, I guess, seek out other opportunities. This was this has probably been in the works for a while. Um, so that does kind of that news somewhat gives me a little bit of hope. For Fable Three, well, it's it's actually it's, <laughs> or for it's Fable, the, uh, it's the best time. Like, think of it, think of it this way. All right, if you're producing on a game and you've done, mo- you know, you, once the game is out there, the producer is done. Right, they really have done everything that they need to do for that game. Right, everything at um, that point is QA bug fixing. Right, so. The producer, you know, leaving, you know, just before the game launches, you know, is actually like they've already done their job. <laughs> they need more work. Yeah. So think of it this way: from a from a uh, from a uh, resume standpoint, jumping out there into the fucking you know into the market with Baldur's Gate three on your resume and it being as fucking widely fucking hailed as the best game of this year 
already so far, right? Um, this is the time, dude. This is the this is the time to get your fucking like you know your dream job because you've got that you know you've got that uh you're riding high, you know. <laughs> this is perfect. So, I I mean. It's it's a good thing for uh, for Fable to have somebody that's you know that's got some you know some chops behind them and something you know that they can look back and say yeah this is the shit that I did for Baldur's Gate three you would like, would you like something like that for for your game fuck yeah so yeah uh, if, uh, if Fable gets better because of this perfect I'm all right with it but good on this guy he knows how to fucking like leverage his experience. <laughs> well, speaking of Fable and its legacy, uh, Peter Molyneux is uh, working on a blockbuster, on a blockchain-based business sim. Uh, yeah, he had announced uh, this years ago that, and that nobody really was that excited about. Um, set to go live this month on October 26th. It's going to be called really? Legacy, be integrated with Gala Chain, and it's yeah. uh, the ability to make Ethereum for trade on secondary markets like OpenSea. So you make things, and then you build a blockchain, and then you make money. Um, I think Bali no. is out of ideas, and I think he just needs to go back of making normal games. Like, he really hadn't done anything... Let's just be honest. Like at a certain, at Fable was pretty legendary. Like it started the whole Fable game, but by two and three, he wasn't nearly as involved. And honestly, what was it called? Gods or whatever? The one where you played as a god and had people that you know built and worshipped you and survived based on your decisions was kind of cool. And that was twenty years ago, right? Fable the original was fifteen years ago, right? He's pretty long in the tooth of having any kind of good breakout releases. And him trying to do this after having... What was that weird game that he had before this that never went anywhere and kind of crashed and burned? Uh, it was called Goddess or something like that. Uh, I think that's what white? it was. No, Black and White was the God game, the original God game, which was decent, right, for the time. Actually still had the box for that. Goddess, yeah, Goddess is another one. Yeah. The regenesis of the God game. Yeah. <laughs> but there's already lawsuits because in the last six years, there's been some big investors that have invested in plots of land in the game with real money. Um, and the price, because it's tied to Ethereum, has drastically dropped. So the, the price of the uh, Ethereum backbone of this game went from 54 million down to 22 million <laughs> because he's building it on in a, a real world economy like I, this is just dumb as shit uh, this the weirdest fucking cash grab ever like Paul, Peter Molyneux is washed up I'm sorry to say it's so he has under delivered at, in every avenue of the last 15 years just looking back at some of you know some of those games like okay so back in the early to, you know 2000s that was when he was you know 
you know, basically yeah. at, at the top of his shit, right? Right, because Fable had an evil path and a good path, and it was extremely binary. And then with the evil path, you grew horns, and you got a little bit extra, a little bit of different things that happened with you. If you're very, in a very black and white kind of way, right, evil, you grew some horns, and you got some extra dialogue and extra quests for being naughty, right? And then... Right. If you're good, you got a little halo and you got some extra points. There was no game that was doing that really until what Knights of the Old Republic, right? Two Kotor two did kind of a similar thing, right? If you want more Sith, you got more Sith looking. Yeah. And uh so, a couple of other yeah. games have done it since, but like yeah, that was pretty cool. And the game was pretty cool. And like back in two thousand seven or whatever when original Fable came out, pretty well, shit, that came out after Nice of the Old Republic, too, so I guess he copied it off that. So, I guess that he's always been a hack. <laughs> um, <laughs> we just copied off Josh Sawyer, who's an actual good game designer and writer. Just, um, I, I just, my my only memory of Fable was just becoming that landlord. Um, and kicking chickens. <laughs> yeah, and kicking chickens. That's about it. So... I'm, I'm glad it's in a different set of hands because he tried to do something, it, like... Yes, he's got some acclaim, but let's just let's just face it, like he's basically turned into the edge lord of like game designers, right? Like he is that weird dude living in the matrix and grandma's boy. Like he's just older than that. Um who thinks he's having original he is having original ideas, they're just not good ideas, right? Like tying a game to a real market economy on something that's been very volatile, right? Like there's been all sorts of like things in the real world economy that have like kept crypto from flourishing. And as I know there are some people that have gotten pretty rich off of it. Right. But like, there's a whole lot of stuff because of how much energy that it takes um, that have caused that to ebb and flow pretty drastically and tying your game to a real world economy like that is incredibly foolish. Right. And kind of predatory, honestly. Right. Like, Paying to win by grinding out in a game to earn real world money, like a casino of some weird casino of some sort, you know. Like I'm sure at some point you have to pay some kind of money in. Like, what if you lose money? Like, where does that go? Out of your bank account? Probably. I really don't want to do that. Like, there's, there's, I want it's such a stupid to idea do with this shit. I want nothing to do with it. It's, it is. Uh, it was, it was a bad idea to begin with. It was, you know, it was picked up for just the smallest period of time. It was a massive fucking like feedback revolt on you uh, from gamers saying, "No, this is not what we want for the future of the industry." Well, so yeah, remember then, with remember NFTs. Yes, and you know exactly. I mean, NFTs are almost basically useless at this point and worthless. Right, and there are people spent hundreds people of thousand dollars on those things. And there's still people out there trying to fucking make money off of that shit. Like, it, it reminds me of... The, Nobody uh, wants a of, unique JPEG or animated GIF. It reminds me of Pogs. You remember Pogs from back in the day? Uh, only a handful were, of people listening today on this show know what Pogs are, too. <laughs> it just reminds me of Pogs. They're worthless. Pieces of fucking cardboard with random shit printed on them. And because because some images were better than others, 
some of them had more value than others, and you fucking play a you'd play a game to basically Pokemon this shit. It reminded this whole NFT thing reminded me of Pogs, and I mean they were worthless then. They're worth they're more than worthless now, uh, and NFTs are going the same direction. You know, and while I understand that there are people out there that made buku fucking bucks off of cryptocurrency, they made it off of the stupidity of others. <laughs> right. So it's like, yeah, <laughs> I can't fault them for making money off of the stupidity of others, but still the stupidity exists. And I don't necessarily think that, you know, adding that facet of anything of of things to gaming or trying to even tie real world currency into a game of any kind is smart i remember vaguely of a game that charged you per bullet that was a first person shooter pvp first person shooter charged you by the bullet it was like a penny per bullet or whatever that you fired goddamn um I remember I don't I can't I can't even fucking you know pull up the name of this game right now. Um, you know, but I remember this being tied to it. It died horribly fast. <laughs> because nobody wanted to put fucking money down on it. Be- and that's and that's just the thing. It's like I'm playing games to escape this shit. You know? I'm playing Starfield because I want to fucking like go explore a fucking like galaxy shoot fucking pirates and you know sell massive amounts of like fucking loot and i want nothing about that to tie to the real world at all since you brought it up i will just say quick tip if i didn't say it last week the best place to sell everything is neon neon okay yeah Yeah, you'll discover it eventually next to them all the like all the shops are here, I'll just say this. So when you enter, there's a trade authority and a mining league, which both buy everything. There's a um, gun shop that just buys gun, just buys guns and grenades. Um, there's a shop down the down the way that buys everything. There's something called like the Emporium that sells miscellaneous things that you could use to put in your ship or something, but they also buy everything. Um, there is the I think it's Rienju is the name of the right. corporation. Ryujin. Ryujin. They've got a shop, that one that buys clothes and one that buys guns. And then if you take the elevator at the end, there's a another gun store in that area as well that buys guns. And that's all in one strip. So, like, that's like $40,000 worth or 45,000 credits worth of stuff you can sell in one go. And then the time passes faster in Neon, so 24 hours is 35 hours, so you do like one 24-hour sit-down and then like one 9-hour sit-down, and then all the shops reset. So it's like you go around selling everything to all the vendors, and then you go find a park bench, which literally lines the whole main row, and then you just wait for a minute and a half, and then you literally can like dump another $40,000 worth of shit, which is incredibly convenient. And then nice. if you overburden yourself buying too many minerals, the elevator is literally right there. And you just jump in the elevator. And as soon as you step out of the elevator, you can transfer everything to your ship. 
and then go right back and sell everything. And of course, you can sell from your ship at all these shops anyway. But it is literally the most convenient place to sell all your shit. And once I figured that out, um, that did make my big loot runs a lot more easy to deal with when I've got like $300,000 worth of loot or something. Yeah. Um, because I just yeah. stuffed my cargo holds full to the gills with guns that I don't need. I can't, can't fucking wait to play this game. Can I please? Can I please? Can I please? Let's go. But, um, um talked about that. Rusty will be getting his iPhone. Also, another news Epic Games announced this week that uh, they're laying off 830 employees or 16% of their workforce. Do I still get free games? Yeah. You still get free games. All right. Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm probably a prick. Um, um, they work for <laughs> Epic. They can work anywhere. Right. So here's the thing. The, the, Sweeney has said none of the workforce uh, that's being laid off is tied to um teams in core development or its core line of businesses like Fortnite, Rocket League, Unreal Engine, and Epic Game Store. Um, but uh, they are there too because the company has basically been spending more money that makes for a while huh. um, while they were quote, growing Fortnite as a metaverse-inspired ecosystem for creators. Huh. They were, they were, they were spending more money than they, that's I think they banked on Fortnite making more money than it has, and I'm sure it slowed down over the years. Yeah. And they said, you know, Fortnite has started to grow again, but the growth is slow because it's primarily being driven by creator content, which people have to spend real money on. And they also just announced that they're raising the cost of the real world cost of V bucks, which is the virtual in game currency that you buy with real money. Oh boy. Uh, at the end of October. So, uh, you know, it's not necessarily a good thing, but I can't say it wasn't expected. We've already seen a lot of the big, uh, big developers and big tech companies with plenty of layoffs. Uh, they are going about it the right way, though. Um, all of the staff members that are being cut are getting a full six months worth of severance pay. It's a lot. Keeping their, in- keeping their insurance. Um, Damn. And they are accelerating their stock vesting. So they'll take ownership of all the shares that they've earned while with the company more quickly than they normally would. Um, I mean, that's not a a bad guy thing to do if you have to lay somebody off. Give them six months of severance. No shit. Like, I would be looking for a job, but I'd be like looking for a job about two months till. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and be like, for six months, I'm going to go travel the world. <laughs> well, I, I mean, it took me about six months to actually find something up here. So it's about well, right. And I'm sure that some of these employees are probably, you know, especially if any of them are work from home employees, I'm sure some of them live in places, states or countries that require a certain amount of severance. 
when you're light off. Um, but uh, I've never. Yeah, you know, the fact that they're the fact <laughs> that they're doing that for all of the ones that they're letting go. That's uh, that that is a fairly good guy thing to do. Uh, <laughs> not so much Elon Musk. Um, right. Wow. Um, you had a little so, bit of a thing going on there. I know, right? Yeah. Um, and on top of those layoffs, though, they're also um, spinning off uh, Bandcamp. They're selling it to Song Trader, and uh, their uh, advertising company, Super Awesome, is spinning off and going independent, and that reduces their employee count by like another 250. So basically, they're reducing their force by a little over a thousand employees. Yeah, I didn't even realize they own Bandcamp. I know quite a few people yeah. sell stuff on there. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that was new to me. News oh. to me. Oh. So Sweeney says this will make them financially, this will financially stabilize the business, yada, yada, yada. Uh, but keep in mind that the, uh, the day before all of this was announced, they oh. formally filed their next appeal in their cases against Apple. I'm, I'm sure that's put a damper on business court. with them not making so, as much money on that platform. It, right. That's exactly it. Uh, they've they've most of their money, I think, that they've spent hand over fist on in over the last several years has been those lawsuits with Apple and and Google. So that, that's sad to see, but I can't say it was unexpected. We've seen plenty of layoffs in big tech over the last year, and that's just. Unfortunately, the next round. Yeah, I work for big tech as well, and we've had layoffs as well. So it's it's a thing, Um, and it's there is an ebb and flow, especially with you know with this type of stuff. So uh, this this beat and ebb time. So it it depends on what goes on in the future, as far as uh, you know opportunities something you know something just as big you know down the line more money comes in more people get you know get hired so it makes the news when people get laid off but it doesn't necessarily make the news when people get hired so right so it's a that's it's a thing um i've got one here uh that i thought was you know that was pretty big uh cyberpunk 2077 actually had their uh uh a a fairly well received launch for uh, Phantom Liberty. I have not played it myself. Uh, there's just been no time, I, and I shouldn't have replayed the game earlier this year because I, I replayed it back in like April and beat it again. And it's, I just can't do it again right now. Gotcha. I might actually, you know, give it a go because uh, I have it. You know, I have it installed. Uh, I think I played like the first hour or two, uh, and I just. You know, at that moment, I wasn't getting into it, but I might be able to get into it again and see, you know, see what Phantom Liberty has to offer. Uh, but as, again, it's it's one of those uh, things that you know that came out. Now that we, now that it's come out, there's some uh, some changes to the you know the gameplay that might actually just 
you know, tip me over the edge and let me go through the, uh, the story and romance some, you know, some other uh, uh, side character that I did the first time. <laughs> um, but yeah, the uh, the big uh, story behind Cyberpunk and uh, CD Projekt Red in this situation is uh, they have, uh, you know, just with the uh, with the release of Phantom Liberty and a few uh, balance patches on there, uh, that will be the last bit that goes into Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, so these were the last two major updates, uh, you know, yeah, that came to the game. There will not be any more uh, expansions for 2077, right? Um, and that means that um, there's probably a uh, a, uh, a sequel game coming out for you know for that if there's uh, if there's anything you know to be read into that cyberpunk 2 or something you know something to, along that lines uh is what they're you know focusing their uh their efforts towards next and uh good on them you know uh looks like the team you know you know they had made a change to use unreal 5 uh for their next game uh which is an opportunity and a challenge all at once. And, uh, if it's one of those things that they're going to do, um, you know, they're going to be retiring their red engine and going with Unreal 5. Uh, so that would be, uh, a whole new looking game once it's done. Uh, Unreal 5 is actually really, you know, really robust. So we'll see what they can do with it. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, this is DLC. It's going to be, between because of Baldur's Gate three and because of Starfield, um, and the fact that Phantom Liberty costs thirty bucks, it'll be a next year thing for me. If it's, it's it's one of those. Uh, if I've got time after I get through uh, Starfield, and if there isn't anything that like really catches my you know catches my eye, I might try Eliza P, but. Um, see if I like it. I might play through that, but it doesn't seem like that's going to be that much of, you know, that long of a game. Liza um, P? Yeah. Probably 40 hours. Yeah, see, that's, I mean, I've just completed a, you know, uh, one 120, 130-hour game, getting into another 120, 130-hour game. A 40-hour game is going to seem like a fucking weekend. I know, that's, um, well, that's what Armor Core seemed like to me, because I'd beat it so fucking quick. Yeah, and and I still have to touch that game. I've got that game too. So, uh, this you know, of course, it, you know, it'll take you. Liberty will be back burnered, but it's it's still on the radar, you know. Right. Like I'm still trying to decide if I'm playing Assassin's Creed here in two weeks or not, or if I'm going to wait. I'm. Um, uh, but I, I'm I mean, for it's Assassin's Creed. So, like, there's it's not for it's not for lack of want. Let me let me put it that way i mean cyberpunk 2077 is a game that i put 120 hours into oh i just want to play it again now that it's been tweaked i want to see you know what i can do with it now the new patch for dark tide launches on wednesday oh shit that's right and that's the new uh classes and shit that's the uh class mix-up right and then Uh, the day later assassin's creed drops which i'm gonna wait then since dark tides release next week yeah and then I the week I after actually do that 
Yeah, and then the you know we can do some online multiplayer, obviously. And then Lords of the uh, Fallen launches the Friday after that while I'll be out of town. And then Endless Dungeon launches on the nineteenth, which I will probably play. Maybe I can coax one of you guys into playing that as well. Maybe. Um, Alan Wake two on the twenty seventh. That's gonna be a big one, but yeah, you know. And then something to watch out for. Wizard with a gun looks pretty cool, but that's on the seventeenth. Yeah. yeah, I keep seeing Wizard with a gun on my uh you know, it pops up on the radar every once in a while and then Yeah. It just it just uh it, it just is. Let's see. Oh my god. Uh yeah, I'm looking through the uh you know, through the the game releases here. And Yeah, that's that's the thing. I'm not I'm not actually seeing anything more than that that I really want to get myself into. Uh <laughs> Yeah. So it'll so be yeah, a Devolver this... digital release with Wizard of the Gun. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. And it's uh, it sounds exactly like a Devolver game. <laughs> Yeah, it's a kind of like a crafting survival sim with some bullet hell mechanics. Yeah, which kind of sounds neat. <laughs> I, I guess we'll I'll just have to see how it all plays out. But I'm 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 into it. And then we've got Lamplighters League that literally comes out next week. That's not getting good reviews, unfortunately. So I've been looking forward to that, but and it comes out on Game Pass literally on like Tuesday. Yeah, I mean, it's for the price of Game Pass, it's worth a try at least. Yeah, I'll dive into it. I don't know that. I don't even know what I'm going to be doing. I know that I've got to travel, and I don't know what to play on Steam Deck while I'm traveling. And I I would like it to be that, but with it being on Game Pass, I don't know how reliable my internet connection will be. Hmm. Yeah, there's that. Anywho, I don't think I've got anything else. Do you guys? I'm good. Mm, Nope, that's. Oh wait, no. There was the uh, a story that Red Dead Redemption Three has been teased by Rockstar. Oh my god! Yeah, is it just a tease? Or I think it's it a tease, and it, it took them eight years to get the last one. I don't think it's going to come out anytime soon. Eight years from twenty eighteen is going to put it at twenty twenty six. Maybe yeah, two years from now. Yeah, so seven to eight year development cycle for yeah. So don't worry about it. Star game is not is not out of the question. It, my only thing is, does it need to exist? Uh, Rockstar is going to make the same two games forever. Yeah, like well. <laughs> like Red Dead Red Dead Redemption was a Did good damn into the story. Red Dead Redemption 2 was a damn good prequel to that story. Right. Where does it go from Like, <laughs> where does it go? They just, just make a new story and call it Red Dead Redemption 3. Right. But they wrote themselves into a corner, I think. With, uh, they take a side character and they develop their story and call it Red Dead Redemption 3. I, like, I mean, there is there is a whole... Uh, the West is really generic. You could definitely go... Right. Further west, like, do you do like the beginnings of the gang? I no, guess you I think they could. Just, 
I guess you back. could do like the big ass heist that started them out in the countryside in two. I don't know. No, no. We're gonna go fucking Oregon Trail back. You know, fucking Red Dead Redemption three, Oregon Trail. <laughs> oh God, please no. You died of dysentery. Uh <laughs> the last thing I've got is uh you you heard about Counter Strike and then you heard about Counter Strike Global Offensive or CSGO. But have you heard of Counter Strike Two? Because Counter Strike Two is fucking mm-hmm. the new Pac Man. It just ate CSGO. Which was Counter Strike so Two. Oh yeah. <laughs> So, CSGO so, is no more. Uh, there is only Counter-Strike 2. Uh, so actually, anybody, what? that's not correct. What is not correct? CSGO still exists. What? You can't play it. So, Yes, you can. Through the beta, and with nobody and with bots. Yeah, so you it have It doesn't to, count. That's like you, you can having an engine still and being able to use it. Oh my god. <laughs> that doesn't fucking count. It doesn't count. Especially right, the multiplayer so, game. That's yeah, like so that's like that's that like had... when World of Warcraft, the original vanilla, went out of style before they did a remake and people started creating their own servers so that they could play the, the, the vanilla. Right. That Except there's no servers. Reason. It's just bots and it's just installed right. on your local machine. Yeah. Yeah. It's that's okay. So yeah, hey, you take me out there, but I did. <laughs> uh, but yeah, CSGO no longer exists. The people who uh, who actually make money on skins, which I know of at least one person in real life that has made money off of skins, uh, they they don't have to worry about anything because there's the, all the skins and everything transfer directly over to the Counter-Strike 2. Uh, so your market hasn't been broken. Um uh, and, uh, yeah, that's, that's a thing. You can't actually play CSGO anymore. It is now Counter-Strike 2 on the, uh, on the scene listing. So, yeah. Uh, so I will say this. I spent about two hours playing it. What? After it launched. I did. <laughs> um, did? I'm taking Justin's what at his dog to play off of that. Yeah. Ah, sorry. Gotcha. Um, he did. And I gotta say, um, I think that, at least from my initial feel, the gunplay was a big improvement. Um, I'm not into first person multiplayer shooters anymore, so. Cool. The last time I played uh, a Counter Strike, uh, I was. Fuck, I. Uh, the last time I was I in my twenties, it was before I moved to Florida. <laughs> it's been a while. It's been before we knew you, <laughs> right? Well, before you knew me. So it's yeah. I, I mean, I I played CS:GO a little bit initially when it first launched, but I quickly replaced that with like <clears throat> Call of Duty and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Um. But, uh, so they've got this whole new thing for, uh, for aiming, um, where it's a new, uh, basically tick rate counter, right? Um, so it makes, 
uh, the aiming a whole lot more accurate. Um, you know, you don't have to memorize mouse patterns to get headshots anymore. Okay. <laughs> Which was actually a thing in CSGO. Don't knock it. Okay. Um, and they've got these new smoke grenades that are kind of cool. So, like, if you throw a smoke grenade and it smokes up an area, you could actually have a... Uh, you could throw a regular grenade into it to, like, temporarily clear the smoke. Right? If you want to clear your line of fire, you can have a teammate shoot through the smoke, and it will create actually clear a small area in the smoke. Okay. For you to so, game there if you want to. It, the dynamic smoke grenades are actually pretty damn cool. Okay. I, I've not played around with a whole lot, but what I did see is pretty damn cool. Interesting. Um, so I think there are actually positive upgrades to Counter-Strike uh, with Counter-Strike 2. Uh, but you're right. It doesn't overshadow the fact that it's uh, shitty to replace CSGO that the only reason for them to do that is a giant ass money grab. Of course. Yes. Um, Thank you. And also by rele- basically making it for all intents and purposes an upgrade to CSGO it inherits CSGO's 87% positive reviews. So they don't have to fight their way back up again, huh? Exactly. <laughs> Good guy game. Um, <laughs> anyway, and it, yeah. And it also tags the release date still as August 21st, 2012. <laughs> of course. All right. So let's go. Let's go. All right. Uh, with that, guys, find us at TiltCast.com. Find us on Facebook and Twitter.com slash TiltCast. Our YouTube channel is YouTube.com slash TheRealTiltCast. And search for us on iTunes and Spotify. Subscribe. And find friends of the show for the love of gaming. We've got BMFCast on, BMFCast.com. Um, picking up pickles, Pixels or Pupcacks or TVGP.TV. They play Baldur's Gate. With that, it's the end of the goddamn show. Pick up the Pixels. Pixel, pickles. Peace.